Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys, Will, Woody, and CJ, and we're here to break it on down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines, and for them sports they play outdoors, we outside. It's the Side to Side Sportscast. That's how we ride. Now, Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going to start the show off from the court side because so far, you know, we're in the second month of NBA action, and if you look at the standings, it's a little bit different than you may have anticipated during the offseason. You know, we certainly have some teams that you could consider some overachievers, but then you have some teams that you thought would be doing better than they're doing right now, and they're the underachievers. So, fellas. What's your take on what's happening out there on the hardwood? Let me give you my uh, – this is one I'm going to have to take real early because it's my C's that are that are underachieving big time, right? And I'm not the only one that's going to say that. On this it, show you are. It, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You could. You could say it, though. I, it, it's really tough to watch, right? There's a lot of hype going in. We're just constantly, as Celtics fans, sitting here waiting for – Tatum and Brown to finally figure out how to coexist. You get a veteran presence like my guy Horford in there, right? Um, and and you think things are going to start to turn around, right? With with Marcus Smart running, you know, at point and and having a solidified rotation, which is something that they struggled with under Brad Stevens, and nothing's gelling still. They can't figure it out. It almost feels like Philly's situation with Simmons and Embiid. What is going on? Now, I'm not saying you trade Jalen for Simmons. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? But that they are just broadly my underachievers because I expected far more out of this team. Now, that's not to say they can't turn it around. We got plenty of time. It's just the beginning of the year. They can still gel and figure it out. He made Udoka, Udoka you know, Maybe he heard my hear me out. We'll see. We'll see. He's got to get these guys to figure it out. But I'll give you my underachievers after. But uh, had or my my over overachievers after my underachievers. Sadly, are my Boston Celtics. Okay, we starting off with the underachievers. <laughs> save the save the better for last, right? That's true. No, I like that. I like that. Bad news first, <laughs> and the good news. So I got some bad news. Atlanta, where you guys at? ATL. Oh, I see where you guys are at. You guys are, oh, you guys are down there. You guys are four and seven. What's going on? You know, um, this team, they they turned a lot of heads in the playoffs. Um, and they were looking like, you know, a, a great team with all young pieces, you know, for years to come. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm just, you know, having fun, right? You know, New Yorker just having that fun. I don't think they're, like, in serious trouble, but it should be said that, like, almost everybody on this team is struggling. <laughs> like, like Trey Young is, is – is, I mean, he, he's not bad. He's not bad by any means, right? Like, if Emmanuel quickly had those numbers, I would be doing a cartwheel right now. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> for Trey Young, though, like, you know, they're not great. And, like – you know, John Collins, I feel like, is one of the more intriguing players in the entire league. I feel like people were talking about him like, you know, he was like almost like a, you know, foundational piece 
which I never really saw. You know, I don't know, but like that's what they were saying. And this year, um, he's been much less aggressive, more efficient, right? His percentages are way up, but all of his attempts are way down. And that may just be, you know, um, a, a difference in the game plan that they didn't need. I feel like they might need more John Collins because with, you know, them, you know, kind of spreading the ball the way that they have been, you know, you know, Trey's getting his assists, right? He's second in the league. But, you know, it doesn't look like anyone is really in rhythm. They're not staying in any sort of team rhythm. Uh, and as a result, they're four and seven. So ATL. Let me add one thing to that, to Atlanta, that is surprising to me. No step forward from DeAndre Hunter. If anything, maybe a step back. Mm. Um, he was I, – I was expecting him to – He was cooking against the Nets. I mean, he was cooking. Against the he, was, he was solid. He was a solid piece for them last year, and I was expecting, I was expecting a big leap forward, right? Like, and and we haven't seen that yet. Again, season's young. We're talking, we're talking early stages here, but season's to, young. The team's young. To yeah, to this point, it is Atlanta does not look fantastic, man. You know, Atlanta is definitely underachieving. I agree with both of you guys. Um, the biggest underachiever that I would have to say so far, you know, early in this season, this got to be the Los Angeles Lakers. It literally has to be. You know why? Because when they signed Russell Westbrook, I know three of us, we were a little, I don't know, but the the national expectation was oh man Lakers just gonna saddle up and go right on to the NBA championship right and again the three of us thought that the Lakers should have traded for Buddy Hill that was the better move but it doesn't matter what we think right the Lakers are currently five and five they have no consistency they only have three players from last year's roster you know and they're really trying to bring a brand new team to this season right now yes you got to give yourself some time to gel but look at anthony davis you know he already got a little bit banged up he's still playing um you know anthony davis just doesn't seem like he could ever become the best player in the league he's super talented right but when the when the floor is his like lebron's out right now right Anthony Davis, you should be putting up like 35 and 15 every night. Um, but he's not doing it. It's just something about this team that they just don't gel. They're just, they're just not gelling. They're a 500 team, but the expectation for them is to be one of the best teams in the league, like or at least one of the best teams in the West, top three seed throughout the league when they start wrestling players. But that's just not who they've been. And um you have to say the Los Angeles Lakers, um, they look like the fakers, you know. Um, they just they're not looking good out there at all. Now, I will tell you who is surprisingly overachieving uh early in the season. You know, we want to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, and obviously, there's one name that comes to mind: LeBron James. When you talk about this other team. There's only one name that comes to mind, LeBron James. But we have to talk about these 2021-2022 Cleveland Cavaliers. 
who are seven and four, and they will smack you if you sleep on them. You know, you got to give a shout out to Evan Mobley. He is looking like he could potentially be the rookie of the year. I mean, he is playing some very efficient basketball. Uh, Ricky Rubio coming off the bench. He just had a 37 points, you know, off the bench and 10 assists, um, you know, high contributing. They've got five players, no, six players that average double digits. None of them average 20. They are literally playing team basketball. But the reason why I'm calling them overachievers is because it's the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Can they keep it up all year? They don't have that veteran that you can actually rely on, the winning veteran. I know like players like Ricky Rubio are considered a vet, right? Kevin Love is within the franchise, not necessarily on the court, right? So they're really young. And I don't think anybody has gotten along with Colin Sexton in three years, right? So it's just a matter of time before this team starts to have a meltdown. Once they have their first like four or five game losing streak, it's all going to unravel from there. So, yes, they're overachieving right now. I'm not believing. So overachieving, not believing. I don't believe in wizards, and I don't believe in these wizards. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, and Kyle Kuzma, the big three of Washington. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, okay? All right, they're, they're going to win some games, right? They'll compete. They have some young talent. Um, I don't think that franchise wants them to limp into the playoffs, right? They would like to get another lottery pick. Um, it's really interesting because they're going to come to a crossroads with Bradley Beal. And I don't know if you're going to be able to sell him on Dinwiddie and Kuzma as your future. Um, you know, your, your cornerstones, so to speak. It's going to be a very, very interesting trade deadline in the NBA. Um, and I suspect that that team might even get blown up. Um, wow. So there's my take. You might be seeing a, a, uh, a bare bones team out of the Wizards, depending on where they are in the standings. Heck, if they're able to sit in the four or five seed going through the season, then they might just keep trying to compete. But that's why I'm thinking that they are overachieving. I'm not sure if you named the second best player on that team, um, but I, I I like the Wizards. I'm not saying that they're going to be amazing. Um, I think they are going to be a better team than the Cavs. But this boy Montrez Harrell is yes. trying to get some respect on oh, his name. Come on, come on. You, didn't even put, you. you didn't even say his name. Uh, I mean, he's averaging a career high in rebounds right now. I mean, this team, this Wizards team, apart from Bradley Beal, you know, these are guys that were seen as valuable players in the league two years ago. And then, you know, some of them played with LeBron. Some Your return. KD, and Your then return. they were just discarded. And now here they are returning to form, all three of them. You know, your value, not... your value of Montrez Harrell is not shared by the NBA league owners. I don't think. I'm pretty sure you'd be able to fetch more out of all three of the guys sing singularly. So, so seventeen and nine, being being the the second leading scorer on the team and the, the on the, wiz the Wizard, who he's getting a lot of time with, right? Like we've seen, we've seen 
decent players on crappy teams get a lot of minutes and put up big numbers. It's not rocket science, right? If you get a lot of minutes and you're, I mean, what you want Mitchell Robinson to play a whole he bunch? Was, he was doing work on the Clippers, which was a play. What he was doing about? work on the Lakers. Somebody needs to grab Google by the neck and <laughs> ask him, why did he take Montrez Harrell off the court last year? Because he was a steady coming off the bench. You know, he could get you 15. He could get you like, you know, close to 10 rebounds off the bench. Um, you know, he actually looked good out there with Anthony Davis. I'm not and saying it, he's a bad player, guys. You literally just said crappy players, blah, blah, blah. blah. No, 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 you, right. just, you just I'm, said I'm not saying Montrez Harrell is a bad player. We've seen we've seen decent players be on bad teams, get a lot of minutes and do you well. are the stat sergeant. You should be you should be worshiping the ground that Montrez walks on. <laughs> he is the second most valuable player on this team. What are you talking about? They still have Daniel Gafford as a as a as a starting center on the roster, um, and and Montrez Harrell got those minutes because Gafford went down. Right, like we're talking, you're talking about somebody who is like yes, seventeen and nine. That's that's excellent, right? Like I have no problem with that. Kuzma's at fourteen. He, Kuzma's almost averaging a double double at this point. It was kind of. Uh, right, but he's Montrez Harrell. You can't make that argument when you could just say, "All right, well, he's Montrez Harrell." Montrez Harrell is fine. He's come off the bench. He's been an excellent six man. He's an undersized big. Uh, you know, nah, where he doesn't shoot. He does, he isn't spacing the floor for you. Right, there is a spot for Montrez Harrell on a team, but he's again the, the, in this modern NBA, people who don't space the floor. I have a tough time. All five, I don't. That. Here's what I don't get. All five players don't have to space the floor. Like, you don't have to have five. It's very, very helpful. No, let's talk about Gafford. Gafford's starting, but he's only playing 19 minutes. You see, Montrez Harrell, he was the former sixth man of the year. No matter what, he's going to come off of your bench, right? So that's what he does. He brings that energy off of your bench. He is an undersized big. He's going to abuse that second lineup, right? And we're not saying that Montrez Harrell should be on an all-star ballot. But he's being the he's the second best player on the Wizards. Who you guys are treating Montrez Harrell like I treat Al Horford and Chris Middleton? That's right? not true at all. That's no, but if you think all. Al Horford is a borderline Hall of Famer, you guys, you do. You guys <laughs> do you know who's all right? Daniel Gafford was out. Okay, uh, Rui Hachimura and Davis Bertans are both out for the Wizards. Like he's getting more minutes in in starting, and he's getting more opportunity. So yes, oh, like oh, it, like there's it, help it's me, natural. help me, right? Help me, because Harold has only started two games. So if the reason he's averaging seventeen and nine is because he got two starts, I don't know if I missed it on ESPN or one of those networks, but maybe he had like fifty and twenty five and back to back nights or something like that. I mean, he's been pretty consistent all year, playing thirty minutes. Gafford starts, but Gafford does not get more minutes than Harold. If DeAndre Jordan starts for the Lakers, right? He's getting like 12 minutes a night. The, the start doesn't matter. Like Harold is in their rotation. That's that's their lineup. That's why they're no, competitive. We're arguing that we're arguing that Montrez Harold is better than is is better than um or more valuable than than Spencer Dinwiddie or Kyle Kuzma to that team, which I will argue that he is not. He is, he absolutely, Kyle Kuzma. Is, Kyle, listen, Kyle Kuzma is you're the stat sergeant, right? 
Yes. Shooting percentage. He's basically a power forward version of Russell Westbrook out there. He's up and down. He's streaky, right? You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's he's actually one of my favorite players in the league. I love Spencer Dinwiddie's game. Like, he is a solid point guard. He's like, and in New York, like, in Brooklyn, man, like, the whole city loves him. Uh, but he is not contributing to the Wizards this year more than Montrezl Harrell. No, he's I mean, doing well. tell me how. Montrezl Harrell is shooting 64% from the field. He is like Mr. Efficiency. Right, yeah, he's not a three-point shooter. He doesn't have to be, right? This is why he's I, knocking I, down his foul like, shots. I, I, he's I, getting I, rebounds. He's playing defense. He's a two-way player. He's playing defense. All, right, all right, if you More lose, than if you lose, if you lose Montrez Harrell yeah. on that team, you still have Gafford, Bertans, and Rui Hachimura. If you lose Spencer Dinwiddie, you got Raul Nato and Aaron Holiday coming in. Are you kidding me? But that's the thing. The more valuable to that team is Spencer Dinwiddie and, and, and Kyle Kuzma. Like you, that team needs to be able to space the floor. They, that's how they've been yeah. winning games. Just be, you can't look at the people behind them and say, oh, because of this person, the person who's actually playing. Okay. And also I'm, I'm evaluating this from the point of like, if you're a GM on an opposing team, you are paying more for Kyle Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie than you are for Montrez Harrell. But who is more responsible for their seven and three start, Montrez Harrell? Yeah, absolutely. Denvi. No. All right, but that, now, they're, now we're going right? to now we're going to the depth thing. Like, yeah, like I mean, there's there's no, I don't know. This is this is an argument that I guess we're arguing Montrez Harrell versus Spencer Dinwiddie. Let's put it on our let's put it on our group. We're gonna pull it and see who who's who's. Who's got it? Montrez yeah, Harrell. Well, let me tell you, I was going to get three votes, but all right, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> then there's then there's going to be a decider. Oh, wait, no. That's true. I'm going to be the – are you saying that only us three are going to vote? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right. We, all right. We beat down. We thought we didn't have a lot to talk about for the NBA, but, you know, once it gets down to it, we'll we'll, we'll dive in hard, right? It was into the Wizards. <laughs> um, my overachiever, because both of your guys overachievers, you, you kind of picked teams that you didn't think were going to make it through the long haul. Uh, my overachiever might actually win the NBA Finals. I don't even Whoa. know these boys is out here playing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is a team who, at this point in the season, I was not expecting to see them where they are. Why? Because every year, um, or, you know, for the last couple of years, we've been seeing, you know, they, they can't even make the playoffs. They can't make the playoffs. But as we see time and time and time again, this – Man, mama, there goes that man. Steph Curry is just otherworldly. Oh, He's otherworldly. That's a good Oldest pick. player in the history of the NBA to score 50 points and 10 assists. I mean, these boys are nine and one. They have not made the playoffs without KD and, and Clay. When KD and Clay left, they, they've tried. They, they suffered. If it wasn't, you know, that ridiculous – playoff rule of last year they would have made it but then they ended up not making it Steph was doing everything in his power but Andrew you know Wiggins you know is, is not great you know they're doing everything in their power the ascension the ascension of this boy 
Jordan Poole, the whole team. I mean, you want to talk about as a team, as a team, they are first in the league in points per game. They are third in field goal percentage, first in three-point percentage, first in assists. They are fourth in rebounds and fourth in steals. I mean, these guys are all over both sides of the court. They are playing offense. They are playing defense. And that's a very underrated aspect of this Warriors dynasty. Everyone talks about the threes, the Splash Brothers. They were consistently one of the best defensive teams in the league for those championship seasons. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it. I'm sure the glove is smiling every time he gets to watch his son play for those 14 minutes and play hard defense. And I'm not even saying that as a slight because he's had plenty of highlight dunks and doing all these things up and down the floor. I mean, this is an exciting team to watch. They've lost one time in 10 games. They're undefeated in their arena. I mean, at home. You know, so this is a really – I think they are over – They're not even fully loaded like yet. Four and six. They're not even fully loaded yet. It's like – look at what they've look at what they've still got coming down the pipe. They got they got James Wiseman sitting out, and they got Clay Thompson who's going to be coming back at some point, right? And, and even Otto Porter is day-to-day, right? Like once – if this team is fully healthy, like you want to – don't slight Otto Porter either. Like if when he comes well, off – Jr. Like, <laughs> right? Uh, Unbelievable but, that that uh, resemblance. You you look at this team and like the the vet the vets off the bet. Igodala and and Porter are going to give you solid defense, and they're going to be able to spot up for three if you leave them open, or if you got a double Steph. I mean, you got the three and D thing down. And I want to give a shout out. Draymond Green is one of the few guys left who just does not care about his personal stats. He is the ultimate team guy and a key piece to that whole rotation um doing you know the small things and doing things to win games so props to draymond too oh does draymond space the floor yes yes you what? have to cover you have to cover draymond oh, at the three-point arc you have to uh all right look montrez can shoot man he actually got a nice midi you know montrez can shoot so don't hey he can shoot like but anyway I will say this. That is a phenomenal pick, Rudy. Uh, You know, definitely I overlooked that one. I'm not surprised that they're doing good, but I'm surprised that they're nine and one. Um, You know, I'm surprised that they really got off to such a hot start when the nine out of their first 10 games on a year. And um, but I am. Listen to me, you know, always Steph Curry, in my opinion, is the greatest point guard ever. Right. He might be. Literally, the greatest. I'm not, not going to say it. But he has changed the game. You know, people people want to people probably going to watch this and argue with me. Oh, man. You know, he don't even play defense. You don't even watch him because Steph Curry does not get cooked out there by people left and right, man. He's not he's not Gary Payton, but he doesn't have to be. He's a good enough defender. Right. But yeah. what he does by just being on the court changes the entire defense, you have to pick him up at half court. Your defense now has a major hole in it because Steph will pull up from the logo. Like, you know, he'll do it 10 times in a row. He'll probably make five of them. Like, you know, and like nobody in the history of the game has come to the people are people are trying to recreate what he's been doing. And um, he can dish too. I actually love the way the Warriors play because if you watch it, 
When they want Steph to go off, Draymond Green is facilitating. Draymond's handling the ball. That's why I think if the if the Warriors acquired Ben Simmons, it's going to be dangerous for the league because that is the one spot that he actually fits in, right? Steph is getting off. Then after that, Steph can facilitate. Now you got Jordan Poole out there, you know? So Steph, he didn't have anybody to pass the ball to last year. His assist numbers was down. Jordan Poole is balling now. The boy's game has developed. And that's what I'm talking about, man. Steph, Steph the real MVP. I, I love Steph. It's hard for me to say they're overachieving, but I, I get it. I get it, right? Now, speaking of overachievers, let's go to the sidelines. Because, you know, I don't know what really happened this week. <laughs> we are halfway through the NFL season. And this was probably one of the more unpredictable weeks that you can think of. You know, this is our first 18-week schedule with 17 games. And we are now halfway through. And there were... This the only there's only two words that you can describe week nine of the NFL season with, and it's upset city, right? You know, some teams that you don't expect to achieve anything came out with some victories against some quality contenders. So I'm gonna ask you fellas, and you know, in my maybe not best Vince Lombardi impression, but what the hell is going on out here? I got, hold on. First, I got to say your transition into this. I definitely thought you were going to say that for the overachievers, the side to side crew just went 30 minutes on an NBA topic that we didn't know if we were going to have anything to talk about for the NBA. So props to us for overachieving on that. Um, Woody, I'll let you I'll let you take this one first. If you want. I just had to say. Good, great transition there. I was expecting something different. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I'll, I mean, you want to talk about overachieving. How about the Indianapolis Colts? No, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, relax, relax, relax. Let me, just, you know, let me just get something. Let me get a moment, man. Mike White, man, getting hurt. Just uh, ruining my, oh, man. my whole life on Thursday. Uh, but no. We'll keep it in in the um, as a matter of fact, we'll keep it in the AFC South and uh, an AFC South versus AFC East matchup with the Jags and the Bills. There is no upset. I'm sorry, there is no upset bigger than this upset. <laughs> that, that's that's what I have to say about it. That's literally what I have to you say can about skip it. over me because my whole topic was that too. I yeah. said, yep, thank you. Nine to six, nine to six. Nine to six. The Nine to six. The worst part Nine about that. Do you guys know what the worst part about that is? The Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime. Oh, there was a lot of that. There was, there was a, a lot, lot of Josh, Josh Allen on Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. There was a lot of Josh Allen on Josh Allen. The Jets could have had either of those Josh Allens. <laughs> yeah, they could have both. No, it was a... <laughs> um, but no, the worst part is that now the Bills, who were embarrassed, right? Now they're out for revenge. They're out for blood this week. <laughs> beat the New York Jets 85 to 7. Like they did. Yo. That's it's just uh, uh yeah. it's a horrible thing. Upset Sunday was crazy. Will hit us, hit us with an upset. Hey, look, you know, if the Jags can beat the Bills, why can't the Jets beat the Bills? You know, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But man, look, I'm gonna be a homer 
to the core on this one because <laughs> be a homer to the core on this okay. one. Man. I was just talking about the Colts. There, 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 there is no bigger upset than the Jags over the Bills. No, there's there is no bigger upset. You're right. There's no bigger upset. But to me, okay, the one that I cared about the most now. I never really – I don't talk about my boys being contenders or nothing like that. I'm quiet because I let the whole season play out. I talk about y'all teams and other teams. I don't talk about my team. I let everybody else talk about them. But I finally said after they after we beat the Minnesota Vikings with Cooper Rush out there, I said, man, we got a new spirit, man. That's the type of win you need to have. 20 to 16 with your star player out, man, you beat the Vikings, even though the Vikings are pretenders in my – but you still win the game. I'm like, man, you know, Denver started off 4-0. and All of a sudden, they 4-4. and Man, they about to be 4-5, and man. Let's go. So I'm watching the first quarter. And, you know, Mike McCarthy is 4th and 1. You know Mike McCarthy is going for it on 4th and 1. He does not punt or kick field goals on 4th and 1. He goes for it almost every time. It don't even matter what side of the field you're on. He's going for it. We get stuffed. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go, right? All right, so it's still 0-0. We get the ball back. He does it again, and we get stopped again. I'm like, man, Denver going to get some momentum. Next thing you know, man, we down 19 nothing, and I'm like, how did this happen? Why, man? What is going on? That, that passing stats was like Russell Westbrook, you know, in a regular basketball game. That was like <laughs> six for 60. I'm like, Dak, man, what's going on, man? Did you need to stay out another week? Like, what's up with your calf, baby? Like, what's up, man? Where you at, Dak? We need you. We need you. Look, the Undertaker was in the stadium, right, promoting. The Undertaker was in the stadium. And if I was in the stadium, I'm like, come on, man. Can you teach them how to wake up? Like, we need one of these. Like, you know, we need one of these bad, man. This is the Denver freaking Broncos that just traded Von Miller. You should have exposed their defense. Here's another thing, man. Zeke, I love you, right? Tony Pollard, I love you, man. But all you fake Cowboys fans who was ready to get rid of Zeke for Tony, Tony Pollard had a chance this weekend to be like, you know what, man? I am, I can be the bell cow. You know, you're struggling. Hand me the rock. Man, Tony Pollard was getting tackled out of the huddle, okay? <laughs> out of the huddle, he was getting tackled. Out of the huddle, you know? So, listen, man. I feel like that loss was really bad. And I'm so glad we got the Atlanta Falcons on the schedule next week. But I should be careful because every time I disrespect the team, they come out monstrous the next week. So, listen, Atlanta, Atlanta, ATL, it's hot down there, baby. Y'all do y'all thing, man. Kyle Pitts, choo-choo, the Pitts train. But, um, no, the Cowboys losing to the Denver Broncos. Um, it was 30 to nothing. I don't care if the final score said otherwise. Like, the, the garbage touchdowns, it was 30 to nothing. We got spanked, and um, that was a really bad look. That's the biggest upset to me, man. And thank you, fellas, for letting me vent. I was holding that in for a few days. That, that, nah. that is a big. That's a big upset, right? Will's big, big upset. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I don't really have. We can we can move on from this topic because when you know when it rains it pours. Bills, Jags, but I will say, hey. Shout out to my Jags. One upset, it's not like a huge upset because both of these teams are garbage, 
but I was expecting a little bit more out of Tyrod Taylor in his debut. Oh, so much so that I actually started him in fantasy Ooh. and completely regretted it. Um, you are an underachiever. I did <laughs> underachieve. I did. Well, Tom Brady was on bye week, and uh, who did I have that that tested positive for COVID or something? I can't remember. Oh no, Tua Tua backed out in the last you know in the last second. So I was like, you know what, Tyrod, he's back. He's healthy. He was doing work at the beginning of the year. Against the Dolphins, I mean, so they Tua was just happy. To Tua was just happy he didn't get traded. He back to taking game. He back to missing games, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that that was definitely a um, an upset special for sure, right there. We can't possibly go to the. We can't possibly leave this segment and not shout out the Tennessee Titans. Oh, no. Beating the Los mm. Angeles Rams. Oh, mm. yeah, that mm. that honestly might be the biggest upset. Yeah, the Jags beating the Bills is un- unforeseen. But when Derrick Henry went down, I clowned the Tennessee Titans. I'm like, man, they're done. They're they're it's you know it's all over for the Tennessee Titans, man. Everybody just need to go get some Nashville hot chicken because that's the only thing <laughs> popping in Tennessee, you know. <laughs> but no, man, they ball up. They balled, man. They beat the Los Angeles Rams, and um, we can't possibly not acknowledge that. It it actually wasn't close. That was uh, I watched that game because I needed Matthew Stafford and Higby to outscore Robert Woods. Um, Spoiler alert: they didn't. But I was watching that game, and the the Titans. I mean, you know, just having four men get pressure like that, like you know what. I don't even know where that came from, or somebody. I mean, what's good? What's good with their line with the with the Rams line? Like it, it was just, it was embarrassing to watch. Yeah, and I, I, I did write down props to Mike Vrabel. I didn't know if we were going to get down to this, but uh, yeah, Vrabel, Vrabel coached coached that team well um, this week, and I mean, we've been shouting out the Rams left and right this season. This, I mean, that team is. Loaded, right? Like they are seeing them lose. Loaded. They're a fun team to watch. I mean, I like. I don't know. I'm watching the Rams around my conference. What did they do to you? They they, look. Any team that's good in the NFL, I hate. Like until my Cowboys is winning Super Bowls again, I'm a hater. I'm a hate every. Are you gonna hate for the next fifty years? That's what you said. Oh my god! All right, we're not gonna go there, man. You know where we're gonna go? We're gonna go to this Thursday night game where we got. The Baltimore Ravens going up against the Miami Dolphins. What a you know, fire matchup. Oh, listen, God, you know, hey, the Thursday night games haven't been the greatest this year. You know, I've had this one, Mark. We've had some good ones. No, we've had some good ones. I'm saying, like, if you just look at the matchup before the game, you're like, ah, I could miss that game. But when you start watching the game, the games actually turn out to be pretty good. So the games have been good. It's just the matchups haven't really been too appealing. So, we could be in for a really good game this week, um, you know, with the Ravens going to Miami. You got Action Jackson, right? Now, I'll just give you my take on the game. I think the Ravens are going to win a lot to a little bit. I don't really know what the score is going to be, but it's going to be Baltimore a lot, Miami a little bit. Um, you know, the Miami Dolphins have the third worst passing defense in the NFL. And – Look, Hollywood Brown and Action Jackson, they're, they're making connections. Rashad Bateman is in the building now. 
right? And and we already know what your boy Andrews does. Uh, it's going to be really hard for the Dolphins to stop this offense. I'm really impressed with if you just look at the names of the running backs on the Ravens, man, they're like has-beens, right? You know, they're like you got Devontae Freeman, who hasn't been good since when? Le'Veon Bell, the you know, that bell hasn't rung in a long time, man. You know, <laughs> but Lamar Jackson, 600 yards rushing off 97 carries, man. It, it's it's hard to beat him, man. He's I think he's in the top 10 in, in the NFL in passing. And, you know, he's in the top 10 in the NFL in rushing. Like what we're seeing, man, is kind of unheard of. And he's actually become a good passer. So I don't know how the boys in Miami are going to deal uh, with Mr. LJ. So um, that's my take on this Thursday night game. Ravens going to be eight and two. The, these these Ravens, I Lamar Jackson is a pseudo running back himself, right? You don't need a bell cow. Um, they can get by with Freeman, Bell, and and Murray, and they they've literally almost all split carries pretty evenly. Um, so, I mean, just go run the option. Make sure that these guys know how to run the option. They're smart enough. They're vets. They, they're not going to screw up. They're going to make sure they block the right guys. That's all you need when you got Jackson running back there. And then one thing that I do want to point out, and you mentioned it briefly, is that I think Bateman's here to stay. Um, I think I think we're going to see some, some good games out of Bateman down the stretch um, as Lamar starts to gain a little bit more, a, more of a rapport with him. So... I wrote down the same thing you did, Gaddy. Ravens a lot, Dolphins a little. This one's not going to be uh, too fun past uh, halftime. So I'm, uh, I'm probably going to tune in and then fall asleep because uh, I don't think the Dolphins are really going anywhere or going to be surprising me at any point in that game. I just want to ask, before you speak, Woody, do we need to press pause on the sportscast so you can go get your Miami Dolphins hat? Because I know that was your second team. You was repping. Um, earlier in the year, uh, before the season started. Go ahead, Jalen Waddle. What is he going to do to the Ravens? Tell us, man. I see why your rating is so high on our website. Everyone go check it out, sidetosidesports.com. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this game. The Ravens, if you ask me, they have a tendency to play up and down to their competition. All right. You know, we, we've seen them in some, you know, precarious situation. It's like, wow, you know, how are the Ravens in this situation? Just because sometimes they, they don't bring their A game. They literally match the intensity of their opponent. Am I saying that they, they're going to lose? Am I saying that? The answer to that is no, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that if there's a spread, I'm not sure if they're going to cover it. I actually would bet that they won't cover the spread. And that's my piece. Well, we'll definitely take it. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely take it. Now, you said the magic word. Cover, right? We are halfway through the season, and I think we should cover who some of the best performers are. If the season ended today, who would win certain awards? Who would be your MVP? Who would be your defensive player of the year? Who would be your defensive rookie of the year? Who would be your offensive rookie of the year? You know, 
Um, since I really love this word cover, I'm going to give you my answers and not the, you know, the sequence order. But um, defensive player of the year so far, even though we just got rocked and he wasn't really covering much. He's done enough over the first, you know, eight games of the season. And I have to give it to Trayvon Diggs, seven interceptions in eight games, two touchdowns. Right. The boys put up numbers. Right. So right now. He's probably having the best defensive performance in the year. But I also have to give um, CJ's boy, J.C. Jackson, some credit, man, because he is out there covering, man. He, he is a tough he's a tough matchup, man. You know, Trayvon is a ball hawk, but um, J.C. is a shutdown, man. Um, you know, but look, I'll take the ball hawk right now for bias home, uh, homer reasons, right? Um, my coach of the year right now. I don't know if there's another man I could put here. Yeah, there's a part of me that wants to say Cliff Kingsbury, but Cliff, he missed the game, and the, and the Cardinals still went out there and won without him. But, again, that's not a knock on him. Um, he does a good job with managing his staff. But Mike Vrabel, you have had no play from Ryan Tan Ryan Tannehill looks like he's in Miami again playing under Adam Gates, right? That's what, that's what Ryan Tannehill looks like, you know? When Derrick Henry goes down, I just figured you go down too. But, man, you go out there and beat the L.A. Rams and you make a statement for uh, Coach of the Year. So halfway through the season, Mike Vrabel is my Coach of the Year. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year. I don't even think you could call me a homer for this one. It is Micah Parsons. You know, he's not just playing linebacker. He is playing defensive end. You know, 52 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. And five sacks on the year, man. He is all over the place. This boy goes sideline to sideline. Great draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then I would have to say my offensive rookie of the year is that one was tough, but I'm gonna have to give it to Jamar Chase. You know, the past couple of weeks hasn't haven't been as ferocious as you know he started off, but he's still lighting it up halfway through the season. If you look at him in, in grand total of things, um, I'm going with Jamar chase as my league offensive rookie of the year. Oh, that's so you're not going to, cause you said every single award, but the MVP. So that's interesting. Oh, I didn't say the MVP. No, 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 no it's fine. Well, it's drum roll. Can I drum roll? Oh, you want me to save it? All right. I'll save it. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Cause I actually thought we were going to go one award at a time and say, okay, this is our, I thought so too, but thing. So oh, what we'll got, do, my bad, I tripped. No, I just it's, got it's hey, it's okay. You I know, tripped. you fall and we're here to help you get up. We will do all the awards that you just did, and then at the end, we'll all say our consensus MVP, and that will be our side to side official midseason NFL MVP. So, with that being said, my run through down this list kind of sucks because they pretty much are all the same picks as yours. I I would agree it's hard to argue against my and I actually think it's it's near I mean Trayvon Diggs, I mean seven picks in eight games the, the man is balling. I'm telling you that's you know Stefan is his brother. That's all I got to say about that. Um <laughs> you know Jamar <laughs> Jamar Chase he's are you serious? Like the the terror he's been on, he's kind of surprised everyone. Um Maybe not surprised everyone, but I mean, he's he's definitely been even better than even the, the most generous expectations. Our disagreement 
You already said his name, but you didn't give it the respect. You said it's not a knock, and then you still knocked him anyway. Cliff Kingsbury is the clear coach of the year, and I'll tell you why. Because Mike Vrabel, he has, and I, I know I added an extra R to the pronunciation of his name, but he has a better roster than the Arizona Cardinals. Now, don't what? hold on, hold on. The Titans have been hurt a lot, but I'm t- if if you get if you get the Titans in Madden. Or the Cardinals in Madden, the Titans are the better team. The like the Titans Man, ain't Madden. This is I'm just saying they got a better. Mike has more to work with than Cliff has had to work with, and Cliff has maximized. He has squeezed all the juice. He has squeezed that juice out of the Cardinals and brought them to just one loss in this season. I think what he's doing. Not one person stopped this. Everyone, everyone was saying that the Titans were going to win their division. There was not one person, not even CJ, the biggest Cardinal fans on planet Earth, was saying that the Cardinals were going to win the NFC West. No, who else is in the division? Who else is in the division? Are you serious? Are Why you- would anybody say that? About- it's me and Woody's favorite division. Um, oh. What are you talking about? Who I'm, I'm talking about the Titans. Why wouldn't oh, they win their division? Look who's in their division. Oh. The Colts were supposed to give him a run, right? Man, Carson Wentz. That's all I gotta say about that. You like Carson Wentz? Don't be mean. Oh, I like Carson Wentz, but I don't think he's that good. All, right. all I'm saying is, it's good, man. Cliff has done more with less. He is the coach of the year. That is the end of my picks. Right. CJ, hit us with yours before we get to the MVP. All right, I'm, I'm gonna give you. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you my answer because, I mean, for the most part, I'm agreeing with you guys too, right? There's not a whole lot that it, that's it, – it's, it's tough to argue, but I'll give you my best arguments against, uh, you know, who who I could potentially vote for over. So we'll start Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm in agreement, but I you look at the stats, 12 sacks in nine games ain't too bad either for Miles Garrett. Um, I'm not going to make too much of a case because the interception numbers are – I mean, well, is it another Revis? Like, I mean, you know what I mean. It's like it's hard to it, it, it's hard to say. You know, Diggs doesn't deserve that award, so I'm not going to argue too hard. But I do want to say, Garrett, props to Garrett. Twelve sacks, nine games. He's on a torrid pace himself. R- my my rookie of the year. I'm just going to give you guys that I think could uh, could potentially make an argument. Mac Jones, my guy. Right? I knew the whole, I knew. Go Come on, I mean. Again, I'm agreeing. Chase, I'd give it to Chase too, right? But the only other argument here is potentially Mac Jones. There's no other Najee. rookie. Yeah, uh, Harris. But I, I mean, <laughs> the, way that, the, the way that the way that the way that Mac Jones is actually elevating his game to week week to week. Um, I mean, they haven't allowed him to throw the deep ball yet. He's the best deep ball passer. We don't have. Throwing Aguilar and Bourne, there's just not a whole lot out there, right? We got to get him some weapons. Okay. Now, the last one I wanted to bring up is Pat Sertain. Um, and and I can't <laughs> I can't sit here and and um, you know go against Michael Parsons either, right? But but Sertain is having a a, a really really solid year himself. Um, so I just wanted to give a couple of a couple of shout outs that were well deserving of it. I mean, he's been an impact player and, um, you know, just, I, 
he's got 14 QB hits, 10 tackles for loss in eight games. So out of a rookie making an impact like that and being kind of a game wrecker on the defensive side, a little bit of a shout out there. So other than that, I wholeheartedly agree with everybody else. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make art in cases against things uh, just, just for the hell of it. So okay. who's your coach of the year? My coach of the year, Kingsbury. I'm I'm on board, man. You know I'm the car, you know I'm Cardinals guy through and through. <laughs> well, Cliff, you got two people on your berries. That's all I'll say, man. But um <laughs> that's the most outrageous thing I ever heard. Oh man. But no, we're not letting you do transitions anymore, yeah. He is definitely in the uh, he's in the conversation. I just you know what Mike Brave. Let me start this off. I'm gonna start this off. This is the side to side midseason NFL midseason MVP. This is my pick. I can't believe I'm saying his name. I said his name before already, but we got we. it's 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 uh, it's gotta be him. And, and I don't even like hate him or anything, you know. Like he's he's cool, he's cool. I didn't think he was that good, but he's he is Doing work and work has to be acknowledged. Lamar Jackson. This is the James Woody pick for the NFL midseason MVP. I mean, I don't even have to run through like it, like it's obvious almost at this point. Like what he's done, like all the times they've um been down double digits, down double digits in the second half. And you know, he is almost single-handedly leading them back in top 10 rushing, top 10 passing, more yards than, like, many teams in the league. Like, what? Like, this is a player. <laughs> I don't He's He's the MVP. He's the MVP. Someone else, argue, argue with me. Um, Man, I kind of want to, you know, argue with you. So I'll say that my halfway point of the year MVP is Mike White. Because when he went out, man, you guys did not look the same at all. He's clearly <laughs> the most valuable player to a team. You know, it's got to be Mike White. But no, in all seriousness, it oh, see, that wasn't serious. No, that wasn't serious. Because I would agree, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. You know, uh, for that reason, yeah, Mike White is pretty valuable to the New York Jets. But the league MVP is Action Jackson, and I cannot dispute. Anything that you said, it is absolutely Lamar Jackson. You guys are like leaving this. I'm like playing Skip Bayless tonight right now, just giving you devil's advocate feeds left and right. My only devil's advocates that I want to throw out there is like my Cardinals. Let's go. Kyler Murray, right? Like where would this team be 7-1 without Kyler? I don't think so. No. I don't think um, so either. I don't think they would be seven and uh, seven one. Or, uh, There's no way. There's no way they would. No, it's uh, he is it just an exceptional core, way better than I thought he was going to be um, coming into the league, and that's my only case. Uh, you know who's my dark horse though is you know I know this is first half, but Aaron Rodgers. I did not think the Green Bay Packers were going to be where they are right now, and I am not. The Aaron Rodgers guy. I don't like him, but <laughs> shit, props. He is he is showing like I mean he came out week one. We were stanking it. Like he was like, what what is this nonsense? He is they are trash. Like 
He just goofed this whole offseason. Now he's going to come in and do this? And then he was just like, yeah, remember who I am? Here's who I am. And he just started winning games. So you look at Jordan Love putting him on the field. Did not look fantastic the other night. So could be case. But, yes, agreed. Action Jackson. Take it home. We oh, okay. Because if you, I was going to no, say, I'm saying, like, I'm trying. I'm saying, if I was to, if I, if I were to play the devil's mm-hmm. advocate, I got to try and keep things interesting. Yeah. We can't just us three keep agreeing on stuff. We would hey, never know. Sometimes it bees like that. Yeah, but I do just want to. Hey, honesty is the best policy, man. I do just want to say this: for y'all to sit here, you know, and disrespect my man Colt McCoy like this, right? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Come Colt on, McCoy. now. So you, you think Colt McCoy? Cardinal, to a 31 to 17 victory, not Kyler Murray, right? So would they be eight and one without Kyler? Okay, I'm not going to just overreact to this Colt McCoy game, right? But this team is really good. They won a game without their quarterback, right? And listen, you can't say that about Lamar Jackson, man. The, the, the Ravens without Lamar Jackson may not, they may look like the Houston Texans this year, to be honest with you. Right, it might look really nah. bad out there. I mean, he's you don't know anything about Hollywood. Yeah. We mean Hollywood, but who's going to get him the ball? Uh, who, what do you mean who's going to get him? <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback. Yeah, anybody, anybody can get him the ball. Just, just oh, for the record, man. by the way, just for the record, I want to point this out, okay? Because you say Arizona won without their without their quarterback, Colt McCoy. Was twenty two of twenty six for two fifty and a touchdown, no interception. So, so Mister McCoy played a very respectable game in Kyler's place. Now I'm not going to be on the Kyler McCoy hype train right now. He killed it, but but it's not like there's no way they'd be able. They would be four like four and four. Four Now. Cole McCoy is not one of the players that you would typically want to start him or, you know, in fantasy football. Um, but there's, he's definitely a player that I always value as a backup he's not, quarterback. He's not Chase Daniel, okay? No, I think he's a good backup quarterback. But, you know, let's talk about this week. Let's end our show with some fantasy football spotlights, right? Yeah. And, and let's begin it with this year um, fantasy midseason awards. Right. So who do you got as I'll tell you what midseason awards or who's carrying the torch in the second half? Right. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We could do this one at a time, right? One position at a time. Right. So who's your midseason quarterback? My midseason quarterback. Is going to be Stafford because I got him. I'm pumped because I'm in a 10 team league, right? Not not the 12 team standard, but I was able to take Stafford, and this was in a in an auction draft too. So there were 10 quarterbacks taken ahead of Stafford. Ten. I was one of those. I took Russell Wilson. Stafford's my backup cue. Now Stafford is my starting cue, and he has been for a little bit. So I'm going to stick with him. He has got it. He is in touch with Cooper Cup. He is filling that cup, and that cup overfloweth. 
Don't it, don't it, Woody? <laughs> I'm telling that. Oh my God, Cooper Cup, that Woo! cup overfloweth. <laughs> so I think that's going to continue. That's my QB for you guys. Wait, so let me just get something clear uh, for myself, for the viewers, but more importantly, myself. Is this the? Are we? These are the the MVP. This is a second half season fantasy MVP. No, second half leaders. We're doing second half leaders. So we're not doing midseason award. That's what. So we're doing the. the, This is the second Second half. half, Second half leaders. All right. So who's going second half? I can do this game because, luckily for me, the person who I was going to give my midseason award to for best QB is also the person that I will ride or die with in the in the uh, second half of the season. And that person is a one-of-a-kind man. Literally a legend. If you ask me, he might be the single greatest person to play a North American team sport, the most accomplished athlete in North American team sports. Trevor We're talking Stanley. about the man who has title after title and counting because he's playing and having one of his best years. He is 44 and there was no quit in him. None other than the GOAT himself. That stands for greatest of all time. TB12. It's the TB12 method. Avocado ice cream. Tom Brady, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and here I and here I was thinking that you were talking about all those accolades being Trevor Simeon. I thought you was about to say Tim Tebow when you said the greatest <laughs> athlete in North American sports. But um, no, it's a great pick. Um, That's a good pick. Now, listen, I don't know why I am st- still believing in this man. This is not someone who people would pick to be the second half leader in. Um, fantasy football and i'll tell you my quarterback this guy is gonna have an undertaker moment you know he's been kind of down right now he's not looking like the guy that many people thought he was gonna look like all year long but we are gearing up for the second half run and the team right now you know despite the start of the season is just one game out of first place in the division they are back in the race. Ugly wins, yes, but I think it is time to unleash. And your boy, Patrick Mahomes, is about to light the NFL up all over again. You know, I look, I know my Cowboys are on a schedule. I think he's going to put up 400 on us, right? You know, I think we're going to win, but I think he's going to put up 400 on us. I'll just put it up. I'll just put it out there, right? They're going to test us, man. And I'm not ready for that game. But Patrick Mahomes is my pick to be the best fantasy quarterback throughout the second half of the year. Remember that. Now, I'll give you my running back. This boy has been looking like Marshall Falk out there, right? Literally looking like him. He wears jersey number and he played on the same team that Marshall Falk career started, right? You know, I got to give it to Jonathan Taylor. I have been super impressed with him. In fact, uh, I want to look out to Rob Wilson. If you're watching the show, when you did your fantasy draft and you took him like fifth overall, I was clowning you. You can put the clown nose on me, man, because you was on to something with that pick. Um, Jonathan Taylor, um, I think he's going to continue to be 
Well, now that Derrick Henry's out, he's going to continue to be the best running back in the league. So that's my pick for a second half running back. He was my pick for first half MVP, but he's not my second half running back. Oh, you better not say Michael Carter. But go ahead, go ahead. My second. I don't even want to take this off because I got hat hair. But <laughs> hat hair. <laughs> my second half running back is a guy who I was hoping would be my first half running back, but it's taking him a little bit to, to get out, you know, get out the gate. Um, but recently he's actually been on a very nice streak of production. All right. His team is very competitive. His team um, is not one of the best teams in the league, but they are certainly not one of the worst teams in the league. So they will be fighting. They might be a wild card. Like they will definitely be in that playoff mix. So they're going to need this guy. And that's why I'm really confident in him. Jonathan Taylor, I'm not sure, you know, how many more games the Colts are winning this year, but I know for a fact that this team will still be in the mix and they will need their RB1. And this guy, but in particular, might be the most skilled of all the running backs that are left healthy in the league right now. I'm going with, as, as I'm saying that, I'm realizing, oh, wow, Christian McCaffrey is actually healthy. He actually should be my pick. But he's not because I'm picking AK all day, Mr. Alvin Kamara. My team, Lights Kamara Action, is out here ready to explode <laughs> to the next level because he is good. He is balling. He, I'm telling you, he has found his groove, and this team will be competing. All right, now they don't have Jameis. They will be competing. They'll be finding ways to get him lining up out wide. They're going to find ways, you know, to hit him in the back. I'm telling you right now, Alvin Kamara, he's going to be, he's going to be as consistent as they come for the second half. Lights Kamara action. I like that one. You know who I'm really feeling right now is my uh, guy Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has really started to turn it on a little bit. Okay, he's got four touchdowns the last three weeks, and the games haven't really called for a lot of touches for him. When this team was able to start taking the lead, um, you know, week one, he got 29 rushes. Week two, they were in a close game. He got 20. Um, you know, they were winning in week three. He got 18. Winning in week four, they got he got 16. Then it started to scale back, and he started to hit the 12, 13 range um, in some of these losses. And, and the bigger win against Baltimore, he only got 12. So, point being, the Bengals – if the if you read the game is going to be a potential lead for them where they're going to need to run the ball, which is starting to look like this team could be serious. Burrow's getting comfortable. Chase is getting more comfortable. Mixon's going to get the touches, and when he gets the touches, he puts points on the board. Can also catch the ball out of the backfield. So if you're in PPR, it's also not something that you need to worry about because he's going to get a few targets at least. Um, he's gotten 10 in the last two weeks, five in each week. So Mixon's my running back to go with uh, in the second half. That's wow. that's not bad. Not not that's, bad. That's, that's not bad insight, you know. It's not a player that I would have uh, that I would have thought of. Is Joe Mixon on your fantasy team? Yep. I traded for him. I did not draft Joe Mixon, but he's there been a pleasant go, surprise. That's why CJ picked Joe Mixon. 
Go, Joe. Had to pick him. Let's let go, me Joe. let me start with the with the wide receiver. Um, uh, this one no, I don't well, know because you you started. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I just think I know who you're going to pick. It's not Corey Davis. All right, you calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Relax. Right? Um, no, this person. I. If we did the awards, guys, fans out there, let me tell you, if we did the awards, I would have given this man every single award I could have possibly given him. Um, Based on the awards that we had, I think I could have given him three. But instead, I'll just tell you that I would have given him three and then hype him up as the – he was a wide receiver for the first half. He's a wide receiver for the second half. He's a wide receiver for next year. He is a wide receiver – until Matthew Stafford retires. I'm talking about Cooper Cup. The man his cup has indeed runneth over. This man is on a tear. Matthew Stafford has transformed him from a pretty good receiver to one of the best in the game. That's what happens when you align with an elite QB. Okay, this is what happens. This is now Brady to Welker, this Brady to Element type deal. You got, well, honestly, Cup is better than both those guys. I'm telling you right now, this is a special, special connection that you can feel comfortable riding to the end. Poor Robert Woods. I feel so bad for everyone who picked him up thinking that he was going to be something because he's ended up to be a whole bunch of nothing besides last week when he faced me in three of my leagues in fantasy. But other than that, he has been a whole bunch of nothing. So Cooper Cup, he is the wide receiver of today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Holla at your boy. I'll holla. That's it. You're good. You made all my points. Thank you. Cooper Cup, check. Money bank and Gaddy, what you got for us? Hey. <laughs> it's hard to not acknowledge that his cup continueth to runneth over. Um, you know, Cooper Cup has 103 targets so far this year. 103 targets. You know, <laughs> that's the most targets Woo! in the NFL. So they are going to your boy. He's on pace for 2K. And um, I don't think that train is going to slow down. But if I had to pick a player that would probably rival him for the second half of the year. You know, I'm going with a rookie, man, who has been lighting it up in Jamar Chase. Um, Listen, man, DBs be chasing him. They don't be catching him. Like Jamar, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, man. It is LSU all over again, but I don't think he's going to have a better second half of the year than Cooper Cup. So I'm not even going to go too far into that. But that is somebody um, that I definitely am confident in. Now, I'm going to tell you a tight end. And I'm going to continue with the theme that I've been going with so far. You want to talk about second half turnarounds, right? I'm going with this tight end who really hasn't been off to the greatest start this year. Got a lot of fantasy owners probably a little upset. Like, what is going on out there? The Vince Lombardi thing, right? But this week, you play against an opponent that you consistently trash. (laughs) Like, this, you own this team. Like, this is your fantasy week. Like, you get it done against these guys and Travis Kelsey against the Las Vegas Raiders last year. Obviously they played them twice as a division game, eight catches, both games over hundred yards and a touchdown, right? Las Vegas still can't figure out what to do with Travis Kelsey. They are not going to know what to do with him this week. And then after that, you play the Dallas Cowboys. We can't cover tight ends. 
I've been saying it all along. We, the middle of the defense, if you attack us there, you got us, right? Up, oh, you caught us, you got us. We got to figure that out, right? Sideline to sideline, Michael Parsons is going to kill you. But the middle of the D, we are weak. And I'm scared of what Travis Kelsey going to do that week. And back-to-back great weeks for him might just get the Chiefs rolling. And um, it's going to be hard to stop Travis the rest of the year. So I'd have to say he's going to lead tight end in the second half of the year. Let me – uh let me first apologize to our fans that may have listened to me to sit James Conner last week and start Kyle Pitts. Really, really uh, a, a tough, tough bench there. Um, roughly 38 fantasy points sitting on the bench if you listen to me. So my bad. Um, that said, I am still riding the choo-choo Pitts train. Let's go. Kyle Pitts, this guy is just a beast athlete. And he, again, he does not drop balls. That When you throw the ball to him, he is going to catch it. Matt Ryan is realizing that. He is feeding Pitts. Ridley is out a minimum of three weeks, okay? We don't even know if he's coming back this season. Where are you going to throw the ball? I mean, there's only so many targets you can throw to, to gauge. And the, 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 there's nothing impressive on that receiving core. Pitts is going to see a lot of red zone targets going forward, too. He's a big guy. He's going to outmatch some linebackers, and there's going to be some cool mismatches going forward. So lay the money down. Kyle Pitts is going to be uh, cashing in. Well, I actually agree with both of you. I had Kelsey down as my first half MVP and then second half moving forward, I was, I was on the pitch train too. Uh, Kelsey has, he's had some big weeks. I mean, it's kind of, it's actually hard to find a consistent tight end that has been doing work. Like even like Dalton Schultz who like had like five good weeks in a row, like had three, decent weeks before then and then three below average weeks after then like you know people keep spiking you know Gesicki uh is another one TJ Hawkinson has actually been pretty good you know Hawkinson's definitely in the mix for you know the the upper echelon of fantasy tight ends this year but Kelsey I mean he's he's as good as they come he was my pick um but moving forward for every reason that my colleague CJ just said I mean Calvin Ridley he's out He's out, you know. I, I'm my team. One of my teams is so bad. Uh, I I just finally benched Allen Robinson for for Russell Gage. So I do understand, um, you know, the targets have to go somewhere. Um, honestly, for the most part, they've been going to Cordero Patterson, and he's been doing some serious work this year. But there is plenty of room in the Atlanta offense for Kyle Pitts. He is, in my opinion, the safest choice to move forward at the tight end position this year for the second half of fantasy. And love it. We agree on a lot, Woody. I'm, uh, I dig it. Except for maybe Montrez Harrell, but we'll, we'll see. If that. I, I can't even talk about that. I mean, that, that's blatant disrespect, but <laughs> no disrespect to you in Montrez. Like you're, you're very good on that team. I just prefer. Spencer. He literally put you in the same sentence as crappy players. So, Oh, stop. Hey, we would love to have Montrez Harrell as a guest on a side-to-side sports cast, right? 
I'll let know? him shoot on me all day. Come on, hey, let's go. You know, Come on the show, do it live. In the summertime, that might be possible. We'll see what happens. But next week, we are going to have our first guest side to side with your boys next week. So we look forward to you. We thank you who viewed the show and listened to the show. Again, check us out, side to side sports.com. Fill out the guest request. Come on the show with your boys. We'll get you on the calendar, talk about some of the things that you're passionate about in sports right now. So that's all we got for today's show. We look forward to you. Hit us up on social media, S2S Sports. That's all we got. We out.